0: Hello, this is Troll Expeditions Podcast, and I am your host, Michael. Today we are going to be talking ice climbing, one of my all-time favorite activities. What is it? Where did it come from? How safer is it to do it with us? And generally, how amazing it is. Who am I going to be talking to? Our chef-turned-ice-climbing guide, my personal climbing buddy, and a total badass guy, Kaspar. Kaspar, so welcome to our podcast.
1: Hi. It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Ronan last week, uh, splashing around in water. And this is my second favorite thing in the world. Uh, but uh, first one fav- favorite is certainly climbing. So to all of you listening to the podcast today and who will, after listening, decide to enter the stunning world of ice climbing, I would say I'm a tiny, tiny bit jealous to discover this form of movement. was one of my biggest discoveries in life and I wish this uh, will happen to you as well. Okay, so uh, I'll get uh, to the... Uh, first question, and I'd like to hear a little bit about your uh, background, Kaspar. I know you've been a chef before you got into guiding people on the glacier and coaching them climbing. So how far is ice climbing from cooking in Michelin star restaurants,
1: in your opinion? Cooking in restaurants and guiding. Both they have like similar work days, but otherwise it's a completely different thing. There's way less stress, and you're outside not locked into the kitchen, sweating your ass off.
0: So basically, are you saying that being uh, working as a chef in a kitchen environment is like a little bit uh, like getting a cabin fever for a couple of hours a day or like for 12 hours a day during your shift, where you're locked up in this steamy place and uh, you don't get to see the outside world? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I'm basically just saying that you're just locked in, in the kitchen 12 to 14 hours a day and can get quite stressful.
0: I've heard so. So I'm, I'm a total foodie, by the way, and uh, since I mentioned Michelin star restaurants, and uh, this is like always impressive to me, so you can tell us a little bit uh, about that. So which ones uh, have you worked at?
1: Uh, I did a stashir at a two, or at that time it was a one star restaurant, but I think they were pushing for their second star, and now it's a two Michelin star restaurant.
0: Are you talking about Cox. Yes, a, I'm talking uh, about Cox. On Farojer, on the sheep islands. For uh, our listeners, so uh, this is not in Iceland, by the way. Uh, we have uh, actually a Michelin star restaurant in Iceland, right? Did yes, did, yeah. we have did. Yeah, did. It's
1: very good. I recommend it to anybody listening listening to this podcast.
0: Uh, me too, although I have never been uh, there, but you have been. So, I mean, uh, we can rely on your opinion for sure. And I mean, Michelin star, you know, that's uh, like a pretty good recommendation uh, for, for foodie. Far away are the sheep islands, uh, Cox and... Uh, as two stars now, as I've uh, seen, and uh, I know they work with like lots of local produce and just uh, make it like super nice and uh, and and then just insane, you know, restaurant experiences. Is that correct?
1: Yes, uh, everything there is like hardcore local sourced. They go like straight into like Faroese food traditions. One of the dishes they had on the menu was razorbill uh, filled like wrapped in pancake and Fried off in a pan, which is their take on a traditional Faroese dish where they take the bird and stuff it with pancake batter and I think roast it. It was like an amazing course.
0: Th- that does sound insane, actually. And uh, to be honest, uh, I have never had a razor pill in my life, but uh, I did have a uh, lundi, the puffin. Yeah, uh, but just like smoked breasts, you know, and pretty small. Uh, razors are a, a little bit bigger than puffins, aren't they? Yeah, and they
1: taste a bit more gamey as well. Mm-hmm. Like, don't taste like like seabird at all. They taste like like quite gamey and nice.
0: Yeah, and uh, another Michelin star. restaurant that you worked for that was in Helsinki, right?
1: Yeah, it's called Aura. Like the day after my chef's exam. I got a call from my teacher, like, hey, do you want to go to Finland for a week and work there? Because the owner slash head chef needed to get surgery done, and I, like, jumped on that straight away.
0: So were you the head chef for this week?
1: No, sadly not, but uh, I was just a chef there.
0: And uh, how is cooking there in uh, in Helsinki? Is it much different to the one in uh, in the Sheep Islands?
1: Uh, it was, like, a, a quite, quite small restaurant, and the kitchen was very small as well, and it just involved... A, like very, very long days and a lot of running. But it was still like blast to work there.
0: I think I've read that this one only has three tables. Is that correct? No, they have, I think, five tables. Right. So maybe expanded, basically, because uh, since that's that's what it says on the uh, Michelin uh, guidebook. Three tables. So it's like a very, very tiny, you know, almost minimalistic. So you have this like pretty cool, you know, experience with just few people. But five tables, that's uh, not that many more, actually. I no. think you're still getting that anyways. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty cool, I gotta say, you know. I mean, I'm always up for talking about Michelin star restaurants. So, uh, which one of those two that you've been working at is better in terms of cooking
1: creativity? What's your opinion? They both are quite, quite different. Aura, it's like, quite sustainable, doesn't like waste any food at all, like, everything we were gonna throw out. It got used for something else, which is very nice. But in terms of creativity, I got to give it down to Cox. Really? Yeah. owner there is a very creative chef. He's doing good things there.
0: So I got to say, that is important to me and uh, maybe also to our listeners, uh, because at least from Iceland, uh, Faroeir, the sheep islands are a little bit closer than Helsinki, I think, isn't it?
1: I think it's a 30-minute plane ride. Wow,
0: that is not too much. So uh, maybe that's what I'm going to do. Uh, next, just go to Faroeir to get a taste of their local food in a Michelin star restaurant. I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally up for it. But uh, anyways, I've heard it takes guts to survive in kitchen environment. And you already mentioned it, pretty fast And uh, I know it's it can be hectic. I've uh, worked with some chefs before in my life. So that's what they told me. There's sometimes abuse from other kitchen stuff. So tell me, how did you survive that?
1: In those two Michelin restaurants I worked at, Everything was like quite controlled and even though it was hectic, it was like very controlled. But in other restaurants I've been at, it gets crazy. Sometimes like it's so busy you you think you're just gonna die. Just gonna fall down and die because you're just stressed out of your mind. And in terms of abuse, like there isn't like lots of physical abuse. Once in a blue moon you might get something thrown at you, but... Otherwise it's just like yelling and yelling and yelling.
0: Hopefully it's not a knife that you get thrown uh, yourself at, right?
1: No, that would be that would be a bad thing.
0: So uh, tell us uh, your craziest story from the kitchen.
1: Uh, the craziest story is I, I was stabbed <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh, the guy was like, broke the number one rule. Don't walk with your uh, knife pointing upwards. And he walked behind me holding his cutting board or something with his knife sticking up. And I turned around he didn't stay behind me or anything, and I just walk with my hand straight into his knife. Oh wow,
0: that uh, sounds terrible. So, uh, tell me, are you okay now?
1: Yeah, God, have a like cool war scar. <laughs>
0: right. So something to uh, show off, uh, basically. Like it's a, it's a battle scar. You can tell this story at least, you know, to uh, to people that see it. Like, I was stabbed in the kitchen. Yeah. Take a look at that. And uh, tell me, what's your favorite food to eat or cook?
1: That's a hard question to answer. I like generally like cooking everything and eating everything as well. I just like I'm a total foodie and food is love, so I'm always up for anything or cooking anything. Nothing uh, really preferred in that area.
0: That's uh, interesting. I definitely have my picks, you know, but it's uh, great to hear that uh, you, you know, as a chef, you have such broad horizons you got there in the kitchen. And uh, I, I guess you know, in life, besides eating, we gotta sometimes climb up somewhere. So let me segue into. The best quote I found on climbing comes from a book, Mountaineering, Freedom of Hills, which I do recommend for anybody that uh, wants to get into a world of mountaineering. And here it comes. Climbing is a kinesthetic pleasure of movement combined with solving a three-dimensional puzzle in an interesting landform. Uh, what poetry? So uh, what do you make of this quote, Kaspar? And what is ice climbing to you?
1: This is probably one of like my fa- all-time favorite climbing quote ever. It's beautiful. I think like, ice climbing to me is just like pure happiness in a sense because you just all like everything from the outside world just like disappears and it's just you on the ice wall and you're just flowing and just enjoying the view i guess
0: yeah the views are pretty amazing right especially uh, from uh, up there I mean, when you, uh, when you are on the wall and when you get to the top and you take a look back and oh my God, you know, usually we do this on the glaciers. The glaciers are pretty stunning, aren't they? And uh, the, the views are just so, so incredible. I agree with you, you know, this is a very unique experience, I have to say. And it's just, uh, I would say, the, the activity part of it and so when you're like challenging yourself to, to go up, that's very important. And then, you know, comes the beauty of the nature. And I think that's what you said, like when the, basically all your worries and stress like goes away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I second that, you know, I have exactly the same. It's just so intimate to, to be so close to nature. Usually we have it below our feet, you know, and all around us somewhere. But like usually in a distance, that's how we experience it. But when you're climbing, you get super, super close and so intimate with the, with the wall. And that really changes the, the experience so much, for me at least, and I suppose for you as well. And I have to say that's one of the best things about ice climbing. And generally, uh, the beauty of the nature around us is so stunning that uh, the stress just goes away. It, f- it completely disappears when we get there. And of course, I got to say, just climbing in general, you know, the movement, uh, also takes away the, the worries because we start to focus on uh, what's uh, the task at hand and the task at hand is getting up there so another question is how did you personally get into ice climbing and was it scary at first
1: you got me into ice climbing I really can't remember if it was scary or not. I just remember being like very uncomfortable on the wall and not knowing what to do, but that learned quite quickly. You can probably answer the question if I was scared or not.
0: I don't know. Uh, I didn't ask you actually if you were scared or or not, so I have no idea about that. I can only say at least uh, if I was scared and definitely I was a little apprehensive, especially out of two, um, let's say, techniques that we use when we play our our bodies our clients, when we're ice climbing is uh, generally like we set up a top rope, or at least it's a top belay or a, a top rope uh, with a belay from below. Uh, so it's rather safe. And being up there for a moment, you know, it might be a little scary. But then again, I have this that uh, when I'm focusing on climbing, uh, I, I, the world disappears. And actually my uh, worries, you know, my, my let's say my... Uh, the fear disappears. I remember once I used to run like quite a lot of those ice climbing tours for a couple of years as well, coaching people ice climbing. I remember this one day on Solheim which is one of our ice climbing locations, right in the beginning of it, where the glacier is calving into the lagoon. It is like a big lake in front of the glacier uh, made of the meltwater. And this those huge crevices, big, big cracks in the glacier appearing right in front. So it's very scenic to get there. When you get there you just look at it you're so so stunned it's it's spectacular it's one of the i think best things about the glaciers is they look nice from um, from the from the distance but when you get closer to them and you see all the features of the landscape it's so amazing and i remember i took my customers just right there into one of those cracks that um, uh, form in the front of the glacier and i was belaying him from the top in one of the, the moon. i will always remember that she was afraid of heights and this is also a testament to uh, how strong people can be, you know, and what you can do if you, if you really want to. She was terrified. And uh, she started going down into the crack on the rope, of course, so it was uh, completely safe. The rope was attached to the glacier, literally. Uh, so very safe, you know, there's no, basically no opportunity, you know, to, 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 to fall or anything. But basically being afraid of heights make it made it really hard for her, just coming down into the crack. And I remember she was crying all the way down, she was just, the tears were pouring down her cheeks. And I saw it, I was uh, immediately told her like, hey, this is not necessary. If, if you want, you're not obligated, you can come out, you know, and just right now we can cut it short. I can see you're struggling there. And she said to me, I always remember that she said, no, I am really, really afraid of heights and I want to face it. And this is one of my uh, opportunities to do that. And I want to do it. So she did cry, you know, all the way down. And of course it was very safe and uh, nothing happened to her and uh, there was no chance of anything happening to her. Then she climbed up, you know, and she was so happy. She was just completely, you know, flabbergasted by the beauty and uh, just of the experience. And I hope that healed her, at least partially, you know, from her being scared of heights. I don't know if it is sort of like um, long-term effects of that, like exposing yourself... But let's uh, say that the more you expose yourselves to the heights, and if you make it safe, of course, there's no risk involved, the better sort of you can deal with your phobia of, of heights. That's at least my opinion. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I'm terrified of heights, or at least I was. Then I got into climbing and it slowly disappeared, or more like I got desensitized by it. I'm like, like if I would, was standing over a bridge and looked down on the road, I was just about to fall down and cry. Climbing is a great way to help you work on your fear of heights because it's perfectly safe and you get like a super fun experience as well. Helps you with the fear.
0: That also makes us go to another question. It says, is ice climbing fun? What can you tell us about that?
1: Ice climbing is very, very fun. It's the most fun thing I personally do. If I could, I would spend my entire year ice climbing and life would be amazing. But I'm an adult and have responsibilities, so I can't be a climbing bum. But of course, ice climbing is super fun. It's an experience, especially when you're on the top uh, belay and you lower off into the void, as I say, and you just see all of the like features of the ice, like nothing can ever compare to that, to be honest.
0: I uh, I agree with you actually there. I mean the the glaciers are so beautiful. That just being there and actually uh, like experience it so like the depth of that and uh, and uh, the colors down there in the in the cracks where we go and I have to say it's uh, so so beautiful. Definitely there's very few things that can compare to that. I mean there is other places which are really really beautiful. But in a sense, they are incomparable. I'm not going to say that the glaciers are the most beautiful place on the planet, but they're sure them are very close to, you know, being in, they're definitely in the top five, you know, at least of the most beautiful places on the planet. And so climbing at least on the glaciers is really just getting in there and experiencing to the fullest, I would say. So ice is rather prevalent across Iceland, hence the name of the country. It was uh, called because of the glaciers that just shine in the sun, you know, all over the place. We have so many of them. We got the biggest... Glacier in Europe, actually, Vatna you could, that's we, another of our uh, climate locations. So tell us a little bit about where actually we climb on the glaciers, what are the features that we use for that?
1: So we climb ice walls because the glacier is ever flowing and it just moves and moves and moves. And ice walls form can be like four meters or they can be massive. And we have crevasses, which are just cracks in the glacier we can lower off our clients into. And then we have moulins, which are caused by meltwater. Those are just like massive holes in the glacier. And those are my favorite thing to climb because there's just like this black massive hole which you lower off into it's kind of very surreal to be like hanging on your rope and looking into the void Uh, it's also very very nice for some cool pictures but yeah those are what we mainly climb you can also do some waterfall ice climbing Uh, that's if you're into alpinism
0: absolutely and i'm thinking like people are probably uh, hearing what we're talking about the void and the darkness down there you know and it must sound like terrifying uh, but you said something about ice walls. These are not terrifying at all, right? It's just basically a, a wall sticking out in front of you, so you're standing at the bottom of it, and I suppose that's what we do first and foremost. We just take people to a wall and uh, find a nice top rope place. At least in my opinion, it's not terrifying at all. It's uh, You are, you know, very close to the ground anyways, and you are on a rope at all times, and uh, so it's like very, very safe. There's nothing that can happen to you while you're on a rope, and generally it's also the, the void is missing, so you're not looking down into some abyss and and get terrified by that. But of course, uh, we have people that are a little bit more, you know, adventurous and they're like, yeah, we're looking for something more. They're like, yeah, we got more. We can like lower you down into a, a void and then yeah, then you're going to like really feel the power of the of the glacier down there like how uh, how immense and, uh,
1: and uh, incredible it is and how small you actually feel cuz like i had a few moments on the glacier where i was like lowered off and i'm stang- standing at the bottom of a moulin just looking up like in the darkness and you just see like the blue sky above and you just hear a massive crack in the glacier and it just it like shook me to the bone like you just feel so small compared to it and like that really sends you out as I say.
0: Yeah, going in there and just being on a glacier definitely puts uh, life in a perspective, I think, in the sense that uh, it's, it's so immense and so spectacular that you feel uh, a little small there. Just a tiny dot, you know, on a, on a huge, huge field of frozen water. I'm going to ask you, do you think Iceland is the best place to ice climb?
1: So we're very lucky to have glaciers. That means we can climb all year round, spring, summer, winter, autumn, whenever you like to go. Places with no glaciers, like the Canadian Rockies, which are like a world-class place to ice climb. You only have ice climbing in the winter, then it's just gone. So we're definitely lucky with that. I think it's generally the best place.
0: I think so too. I mean, there are other places, like for example New Zealand, where they have, of course, those glaciers. A pretty good, I think, infrastructure for glacier tourism there as well. But even there, I think uh, it's like either like a very long hike. And if it's not a long hike and you get up on a glacier, it's rather flat. Maybe there's not that many sort of features that you can climb onto or down from. Uh, so uh, Iceland, in my opinion, is uh, slightly superior to New Zealand and to all the other places, like you said, for example, in the uh, Canadian Rockies, you know, only freezes in the winter. Let's say you take to Alaska, that's so far away from most people and the distances in between the civilization and uh, glaciers are immense. So you like really have to go on a proper expedition to, to get somewhere. The approaches are sometimes just uh, just murderers you know you just go for like many many hours but in Iceland we are lucky enough that our glaciers because we're in a circumpolar region uh, so we're we're basically like any Arctic arctic uh, just below the arctic circle and what what we've got is the glaciers are down on the lowlands and so that means that the roads are running straight next to the glaciers next to the beautiful big glacier outlets and so uh, getting up on the glacier and finding a nice uh, climbing spot is uh, barely an inconvenience, you know. I mean, it's I think in Skaftafetl, in the southeast on Vatnik, on the biggest glacier in Europe, that uh, takes maybe, like, uh, from the parking lot, what, about 40 minutes hiking, 30 minutes hiking or so, And it's a a rather easy hike and uh, on Solheim in the south of Iceland, where it's like really close to the city, to to, to Reykjavik, to the capital of Iceland, which is like super close to the international airport. Straight from the city, you can get to the glacier there in about uh, two and a half hours driving. So it's nothing, you know. Who else can compare uh, to that? Even the Himalayas, let's say, when there's plenty of glaciers and they're like world famous uh, spots. You have to go for days to approach anything, really. In Iceland, all year round all the time they don't melt in the the summertime they stay all year round there so for those of you that are kind of curious if the glaciers are there during the summertime yes they are there all year round so there's beautiful climbing spots all year round there and we organize those four hour long ice climbing tours and so let's get to get into that now so who can actually join a tour like that who is it dedicated uh, for And are there any specific requirements for you to join an ice climbing tour?
1: That's a very good question. Anyone can join the tours. And that's what we're kind of looking for, to give up people uh, a adventure. I would say it's dedicated for anyone up for an adventure, like ice climbing is definitely a, a adventure. I think the only specific requirement you need to bring is just some enthusiasm and some happiness, and that just makes the day go way better
0: oh yeah absolutely and i think it's fair to say that it is definitely dedicated for general population so anyone can do it i'm just going to add to what you said there is a specific age requirement so and that is only because we need to be able to fit you in the crampons so the crampons is like we're going to talk about the equipment later but basically they have minimal sizes so uh, we got to have uh, you uh, tall enough at least you know so if even if you're a kid you know but uh, you're tall enough to get uh, or rather have feet big enough to fit into our crampons uh, this is going to be totally okay and it's uh, very fun for kids too the age requirements are on the website uh, in a booking section uh, so it's easy to find it there if you're uh, curious about that and the higher age limit i don't think there is any right even if you're 90 you can go ice climbing i think
1: yeah like you're 90 and you want to go ice climbing that sounds like perfect really (laughs) yeah that's that's something i want to do
0: i'm there with you if you're good at hiking relatively good at hiking because it does require you know an approach uh, upon a glacier which is not hard because uh, we make paths on the glacier and uh, we make it super safe for everyone so there are actually like paths cut out in the glacier uh, for for the convenience of our clients so it's 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 rather easy hiking, but it is uh, slightly uphill. But so if you are okay with doing that, you know, I, I, you're absolutely fit for ice climbing for sure. And do you have to be athletic to ice climb? What do you think about that?
1: No, not at all, I think. You can be lowered into a 30-meter crevasse or you can climb, like, a 4-meter ice wall. Endless in-betweens there. Just if you don't trust yourself to, like, climb something hard, it's always something easy. And that's super fun as well. Depends on your, like, fitness level, I would say.
0: So basically what you're trying to say is we find you a proper challenge for you. So it's like adequate. So if you're not uh, athletic, we're going to find you something easy to climb and it's still going to be super fun, right? Yes. I I agree with that. And that also I want to say something about uh, rock climbers or ice climbers anyways. So we get uh, rock climbers quite often on our ice climbing tours. People just want to ice climb, you know, and then they have the opportunity to try it out while they're on vacation uh, when they don't have to, like like I said, you know, uh, go take very, very lengthy approaches to wherever they live or maybe they don't live anywhere near any ice, really, uh, but they live uh, next to a crag or something and they're really into that. And then we have maybe mixed groups of rock climbers uh, who are already certainly slightly experienced or or more or less and uh, they're maybe quite athletic. And we have uh, beginners in the same group, I think, uh, i will not that that we can also like sort of uh, fit the challenge to the group as well so everyone are happy and we can also provide uh, this a little bit more challenging experience for people in the group that are looking for it so it's uh, easy for us to do that because there's plenty of opportunities to ice climb on a glacier so we can find like numerous walls or crevices you know to go into and uh, climb there and uh, i want to ask as well kaspar tell me is it safe to ice climb
1: Yes, it's very safe and we make it very, very safe for our clients so they feel safe and safe and happy. All of our uh, ice climbing coaches are experienced rescuers and experienced guides and climbers and ready to deal with basically anything that can happen uh, in the very, very, very unlikely scenario. In my ice climbing guiding, nothing has ever happened to me or like nothing has ever happened to uh, any clients. Also in my uh, personal Personal trips. I have never had an climbing accident, so just make it safe, and everybody is happy.
0: Exactly, and I uh, wanna add to that. Like I've been doing this for uh, so many years now, and uh, I had no, f- never had anything happen. We do train all sorts of rescue scenarios regularly. So we're trained rescue professionals, but the risks are minimal. There's almost nothing that can happen. We make sure that it doesn't. So it's, it is very safe. And uh, I, I didn't have any accident in, in my career happening. So it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, we make it so safe that like, it, it is literally 100%, you know, survivability <laughs> rate, right, basically. So how do we make it safe uh, for our clients? Tell me a little bit about the, like the rope technicalities and uh, how do we set up a rope? What sort of equipment do people get that is safety equipment that guarantees uh, that uh, they're going to come back in happy and, and, and safe?
1: So let's just start with the top of the head. All of our clients get helmets and all of our guides wear helmets as well. There's just no going around it. Helmets make you look cool as well on the glacier. Then we have harnesses, which we clip the rope into. And then, of course, because we're walking on ice, we're all wearing crampons, so we don't slip and slide everywhere. It's just very, very nice. Then we have ice axes to support us and later on to climb. We use like different axes to climb and walk. And then we have very long screws. We uh, screw into the ice. Like one screw can hold up to a ton. And we use two, sometimes three, depending on ice conditions. And then we use, of course, ropes. So we give them all of the necessary safety equipment and we make sure to belay them very well so there's no like slack in the rope or anything. So if, say, somebody falls during ice climbing, which can happen, they'll just basically pop their axes off the wall and just sit down in their harness and maybe fall like 10 centimeters. It's very, very safe and very nice. You're not taking massive whippers uh, all day long, which can be quite scary.
0: I'm I'm going to segue into some of the equipment as well, like crampons. You know, it's, uh, I know a lot of people are apprehensive about walking on ice, and since I've been doing it so much, I had like always people asking me like, how do we walk on ice? Don't we slip and slide? Crampons is like actually uh, an insanely simple but at the same time, extremely effective piece of equipment. So basically, it's like steel spikes attached to your boots. And uh, we do distribute boots among our customers. So basically, everybody gives us their shoe size and we bring the pro- proper glacier boots. These are heavy weight. Glacier boots very stiff that are going to support you while you're climbing and while you're hiking on a glacier. It becomes extremely easy. And the crampons, they make sure that basically if you put your foot down in, into the ice, that the spikes, uh, they sort of go into the ice. That they, they bite in. So um, uh, if you're walking on ice with crampons, I always had this. Everybody is little apprehensive at first, you know. If we approach the glacier, maybe it takes 15 minutes to uh, get to it. We put on our crampons, we start walking on ice. People are like just so surprised. They're like, what? What is happening? I am walking on ice. You know, this even if they come from places where they have winter um, and uh, there's ice on the roads or on the sidewalks, they're suddenly walking on ice uh, for a couple of hours and they're just as safe or even safer, you know, without slipping and sliding at all if uh, they were walking on just uh, normal ground. I have to say this is like a game-changing experience in a sense. It was, uh, for me, for sure, uh, so that facilitates that sort of activity like immensely and then those crampons they have front spikes and when somebody's climbing you know they just sort of hack those front spikes into the wall and so they can stand on their toes literally without uh, falling off the wall and then the axes they go into the hand in, in, uh, in our hands and we also it's basically uh, works uh, very similar to a hammer you hammer a an axe into the the ice and it uh, just uh, makes a little hole you know in there and so you can pull yourself up on those axes that is the basics of ice climbing and that's also where the harness comes into play and uh, the rope is attached to the harness and then it's clipped up into those ice screws uh, we have been trying uh, on numerous occasions to pull them out of the ice and it's impossible they do really as they certify them uh, hold uh, like over two tons of weight so uh, it's uh, impossible for them to come out and and we have like tried ten people you know to pull on a on an ice crew it wouldn't come out it's just so uh, sitting there in so hard and uh, the rope of course that provides the, the support uh, that anybody needs and uh, there are like literally no weight limitations for that our coaches like can screw themselves into the, the ice as well so even if you're like heavier than your coach uh, even if you uh, like let's say peel off the wall as we say or like like fall off you're going to literally just fall maximum like you said 10 centimeters just hanging on the rope and then you're going to be like oh not going anywhere i guess you know keep on climbing that's how it goes and the helmets i want to add there is really no uh, overhead hazard but we use them just in case you know somebody trips over maybe falls head first and uh, nothing can happen there as well because the helmets provide this proper proper uh, safety for the most important part of your body literally and you said something yeah it's it's possible to ice climb as well as in summer as in the winter time, right?
1: Yes, uh, the glaciers are definitely summer and winter are way different, and it's very nice to experience them in both seasons. The landscape changes dramatically from, like, say, like now on Solhimayakut, everything's green and nice, and you can see like the ash from the eruptions as well on the glacier, and then you come. They're during winter and everything is just white and basically just a winter wonderland.
0: I, s- I agree. And also the ice turns blue during the winter time and it's white in the summertime. That's because of the sun when it's uh, shining on the glacier. It melts the like the top part, like it develops a crust. And uh, so it is white in the, in the summertime. There's no snow in the summertime, by the way, on the, on the outlets where we go ice climbing. Uh, but uh, in the winter... The crust disappears and it just freezes over completely, so the colors just come out like beautifully blue and sapphire. You know, this green deep colors come out. So uh, your trip to the glacier is just going to be very memorable, just for the for the beauty of it, right? So yeah, definitely possible to ice climb all year round, and the, the seasons change. So even if you come to Iceland for the northern lights and uh, maybe for the ice caves, uh, you should absolutely uh, go ice climb as well. And same in the summertime when the There's no normal lights, no ice caves uh, available, but uh, ice climbing is also going to be a great option for you as well. So um, I always uh, get this question from my customers. Would rain be an issue? Like, is this a possible cause for a cancellation of an ice climbing tour?
1: Absolutely not. Upon request, we can like give you the necessary ring gear, tops and bottoms. And then the boots we use for ice climbing, they are completely waterproof.
0: Okay. Is it uh, still cool to climb when it's raining though?
1: It makes it kind of cooler, makes it an experience because you're quite sheltered uh, sometimes in the uh, moulins or crevasses and it makes the experience like way cooler and it gives like a different vibe to it.
0: All right, we have talked a little bit about the equipment. I think uh, that has been covered. I want to just segue to the last part of our interview. What sort of assistance do we provide during ice climbing tours? Uh, please walk me through, uh, like from A to Z, what do we do for our customers on ice climbing tours, uh, starting from the point where they pop up on the parking lot, when we welcome them, and uh, what, what do we do later?
1: So, of course, I start by saying hi and introducing myself. Then we arrange all the gear that they need and fit them to the gear. Uh, then we start our approach, Then I do a safety briefing, talk about glaciers, talk about walking in crampons, talking about the do's and don'ts on the glacier. Then we hike up the glacier and I help my clients their first steps on crampons because it can be quite weird to go from hiking in boots to hiking in crampons. So I uh, walk them through that if they're feeling insecure, Then we find a ice wall. I uh, generally give them another very short briefing, do's and don'ts of ice climbing, then I show them how to ice climb and explain so they get the hang of it. Then you just start climbing and I'm your personal ice climbing coach and I uh, just blast you with lots of path and technical advice as well and help you through it and just belay you up. Then we walk down. I tell some very bad jokes and we generally just have a good time on the descent.
0: Perfect. Sounds like a very fun experience that uh, I uh, hope everyone uh, that comes to Iceland to have an ice climbing tour with us will enjoy. And so this uh, concludes our interview with Kaspar, uh, our ice climbing coach and uh, glacier guide. And very happy to have you over and uh, happy to discuss with you, uh, like I said, one of my all-time favorite activities uh, in Iceland. And uh, if you are up for it, If you're like a little bit uh, less apprehensive about that uh, after hearing this podcast, please do go to troll.is website and you can absolutely just uh, book a glacier tour there. Just go into tap with uh, glacier hikes and uh, ice climbing. And there is going to be a couple of tours that that we run. You can book there. So I absolutely recommend that to everyone. And uh, happy to talk to you guys and uh, happy to have Kaspar. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye now. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.